Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Brilliance Security Podcast. Hello, my name is Steve Bocut, and I am an editor for Brilliance Security Magazine. Brilliance is an online digital publication dedicated to the security industry. Our mission, and thus our name, is to illuminate the intersection of physical and cybersecurity. We cover both of these security domains by publishing original content about threats, hacks, products, and security strategies. We hope you will enjoy this podcast and visit us at brilliancesecuritymagazine.com. Welcome to the Brilliant Security Magazine podcast, and thank you for joining us today. We sincerely appreciate your listening. Today, our guest is Dr. Alexander Zhuk. Dr. Zhuk is the Chief Information Security Officer at SFOX. SFOX is a full-service cryptocurrency prime dealer that provides liquidity, security, infrastructure, giving inv investors a platform to manage all of their digital assets. The topic for today is going, we're going to be discussing the threats faced by cryptocurrency platforms. So I'm really excited about this conversation. It's going to be fascinating and informative. Let me tell you just a little bit about Dr. Zhuk. As I said, he's the Chief Information Security Officer at SFOX. He's also a founding faculty member and adjunct professor at Yeshiva University's cybersecurity program and a contributor to FinTech TV. Before joining SFOX, Dr. Zhuk was an information security architect at Axoni. Um, he has a master's degree in engineering from George Washington University. And with that, welcome, AZ. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. I'm looking forward to this. So let's get started giving the audience and myself a little more information about you. About you. So tell us about yourself, how you got involved in cybersecurity and blockchain and cryptocurrency. Well, I started my career in core infrastructure protections for one of the largest financial institutions in the world. From then on, somehow I fell in love with fintechs, the organizations that bring innovations into financial services space. I worked, my first fintech was around 2000, uh, building first hedge fund index. And from then on, I uh, found myself coming back again and again to build new, exciting technology in financial services space. And some of those that I worked on most recently involve blockchain. And that's been a fascinating journey for me. I can imagine. I think blockchain is something that's kind of captured all of our imaginations. Uh, as we come to understand it, we understand that the potential of it. And hopefully through conversations like this, we can also start to understand some of the risks associated with it. Um, so it, the blockchain ecosystem is evolving rapidly. Um, what are some of the unique security challenges um, that that ecosystem faces that you're that you see? Well, on one hand, when somebody comes into this space and starts trying to parcel out what the new terms, what are the components, uh, you see a lot of very specific term there are these hot wallets you may hear about or cold wallets then you can learn about validators and oracles and all that fascinating stuff beside the encryption piece and all the security and all the blocks and all of that sounds very 
new and unique. But ultimately, all of that is about the same good all things of protecting customers' information, people, private sensitive information, and ensuring its integrity, confidentiality, and availability. So it is a combination of these new terms, but fundamentally, we're still ensuring that whoever's data be, remain their data, it remains confidential, and it contains a certain level of privacy, and it is available wherever it is required to be available. Yeah, and it seems to me like I would think, and and correct me if I'm wrong here, that you you probably spend a fair amount of your time trying to help people understand that it is secure. If you, and the reason I say that is when you first introduce the idea of blockchain to people, and I've had this experience before, you end up saying things like, "Well, it's secure because you know it's spread out over the data is spread out over a ledger, and everybody has access to it, and therefore it's secure." Well, that seems counterintuitive. Why is it secure if it's not locked up somewhere? And so the whole basis behind blockchain can be hard for people when they're first learning about it to even understand why it's secure at all. Um, is that true? Do you end up, or maybe the people you talk to have a more uh, in-depth understanding of that, but it seems like just the basics of why that is even secure is hard for people to initially grasp. So there are a couple of components here in play. First of all, we, as soon as we start talking blockchain, we uh, have to deal with the fact that it's an encryption-based technology. Encryption, especially strong encryption, brings the uh, connotations, well, it got to be secure a bit because it is. But as terms of uh, availability, it also has some fascinating capabilities being so distributed. Uh, overall, however, we talk about some of the things that are indeed baked into technology is the immutability of the ledger. The ledger is publicly available. It's very difficult. It's very difficult for a single party and even a group of uh, rogue actors to break that um, integrity of the ledger. It is not to say, however, that the traditional, uh, well, things that human are usual, humans are usually susceptible to, such as uh, grabbing somebody's key from their pocket, so to speak, or having that key misplaced and forgotten, they all still are very much relevant in the field of blockchain. And so we see that combination of built-in technology, uh, enabled, distributed, very robust ledger, very uh, uh, very highly available ledger. And then we see overlay of human uh, weaknesses that contribute to its weaknesses. Right. And so is that where you would point to if you were uh, to kind of highlight some of the vulnerabilities that typically arise with blockchain? Is it the human um, people aren't doing it right? They did it right. It would be secure, but they're not doing it right because we're here. Exactly. Exactly. You put the, the most sophisticated physical safe and you take the keys from that safe and you put them under the rug right next to the door of the safe. And here you go. And people are very much uh, similar in how they treat different technologies and secure technologies, including whether it's a password uh, or digital safe or physical safe. We do what we do. There is a sticky note. There is a key under the rug. 
Interesting. So would you say that that is primarily where we're going to find vulnerabilities in blockchain and cryptocurrency is people's, and maybe let me pose this as a question, is it is it people's lack of understanding or is it just their unwillingness to be um, thorough and, and follow the, the guidelines? There are several streams. Yes, that is indeed the case. But there is also an assumption that, and there are many different blockchains by now, different yeah. uh, builders of those blockchains. And it is quite conceivable and have been the case that some of the people building a blockchain may have a different agenda. Some participants into the blockchain uh, development community may have very nefarious motives. Right. They can come in to find weaknesses, to find holes, and exploit them. So that, too, contributes a very human component to that. Um, however secure a system might be, People introduce that level of noise, that level of vulnerability, and even good-meaning people building the blockchain with all the great ideas in mind may prove to be, well, less than perfect. We we create code that is sometimes vulnerable. We didn't think about something, and that vulnerability found its way. And then somebody found it, and that somebody had a different agenda. And off we go. Yeah, and and I do sense that um, generally among lay people there is um, a high level of anxiety trying to determine who you should trust when you're talking about blockchain and cryptocurrency because you're right, there a new promoter of some new whiz bang blockchain or cryptocurrency pops up seems like every day and and pretty soon there's so much noise that you refer to that you don't really know who to trust but you feel like you you, you know you need to trust someone. Um, so let's let's maybe offer our audience maybe some um, precautions or some you know things that they could do. So what are the general precautions uh, that people should take to bolster uh, the security uh, or to be safe in that environment? If you'd like to participate in the blockchain uh, market, cryptocurrency market, the same rules of the game apply as you would. Uh, do so in a financial market and keep in mind that this market is less regulated so there are more opportunities for other actors to take advantage practical uh advice includes the simple things such as well you know if you get a an invitation from somebody on facebook or instagram to make a quick ten thousand dollars mm -hmm. investing in xyz think it is probably too good to be treated true and it would have been too good to be true even if you were taking blockchain out of it now if you're coming into the place and you want to trade cryptocurrency go to those players that have been around the industry has undergone a transformation which is good for the industry there has been a lot of cleaning out so the players that remain have already de facto proven that they take this business seriously players that remain in the blockchain trading space have invested in security in robust risk management look around don't go to somebody unknown who reached out to you and called themselves whomever and represented themselves as somebody just as you would with your bank 
if they claim that they represent an organization, find that organization, go to that organization and, and say, hey, I'm interested in doing business with you. And if you are really interested, go and confirm, is that person, that party are affiliated with you? Basically. Okay. So, so essentially it's at some level, it's, it's the same precautions that we need to take in every aspect of our lives, really. First of all, and I like what you said there, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. And so start with that kind of precept, if you will, uh, and then do a little bit of homework. I don't think you really need to, un uh, and I like that you pointed that out, you don't really need to understand the bits and bytes of the technology, I don't think. I mean, I think everyone needs to understand basically what they're getting into before they you know, start wading into those waters. But you don't need to understand at a high level the technology. Uh, but you do need to use some common sense and do some research to understand who's been in this market a while, who actually, you know, uh, has a secure platform that has a history that you can, you know, count on those kinds of things. So thank you. I appreciate that. I think, I think that is helpful. Um, are there any emerging threats or attack vectors that people, um, may not be aware of that are um, maybe pretty new that they should keep their eye out for? I don't think there is a, blockchain specific uh, threat wave. All of these common waves, uh, there are somebody uh, exploits a vulnerability in technology and that vulnerability seems to propagate to several aspects, several implementations of that technology. And off you go, you have a wave of those vulnerabilities. But again, in terms of end user consumer of those technologies, Reputable parties who are involved in this place will be dealing with those vulnerabilities before you even know that's their job, that their function. And that's why you need to go to such organizations to conduct business there to begin with. So going back to you, the human participant, uh, same things apply. We have uh, seen a rapid emergence of artificial intelligence and it the waves of impact it has on the space of securing anything and everything in general is transforming. The phishing emails become more sophisticated. Uh, the uh, You may get a phone call that sounds like from your relative because there are such things as deep fakes and they could be used for audio, they could be used for video. Generally speaking, uh, the higher profile an individual you are, the more you have assets to guard, the more likely you will be a target of such threat. If you are a general consumer, there is a lesser possibility of that happening, but it is still possible. And especially as these technologies become more, more easy, more distributed and more easier to find and implement, we'll see more of that. Uh, same thing, Talking again about artificial intelligence, uh, the latest implementations have ability to write software code. Uh, mm -hmm. We will see more of that, and we're already seeing some malware created by AI. So this interplay, and I do believe that ultimately the most potent threats will come from a combined effort of rogue actors implementing the new technologies and taking it to the new level. Interesting. 
All right. Um, there's a couple things that I wanted to get you to, to, to kind of weigh in on here before we run out of time. Um, and, and one of them, I think that's pretty important is this, this idea of a self-regulated community. Um, talk to us about that. How important are self-imposed community standards and protocols and, and what would be the idea behind that? Trying to ward off external, you know, compliance regulations that, that may or may not be, um, applicable or, um, what are your thoughts about you know, as a community trying to, um, set up standards? Well, first of all, uh, before we go even there, the question is what the community is after, what are the, what the role or role that the community and what the mission that the community are. If the, the, the goal of the community is to develop a technology like DeFi that is you know, meant to transfer value, then certain responsibilities within the community, certain protocols are implied in how that community should handle itself. Uh, there is, speaking of DeFi, there is enormous promise in making transactions, which financial transactions or other transactions with very little to no friction, making them much easier, making it right. them cheaper. But then when we talk about technologies in the space that they are today with a lack of regulation, as we uh, described, then the community, it's behoves the community to impose certain level of, first of all, sound governance. How would, would would you do that if the regulation was not available, but indeed required to conduct, to show the world, to earn that level of trust that we're doing a serious thing here. We are not uh, here to impose some kind of a game and then exploit it and take your funds away, to take your value away. We are to make sure that, that this is an orderly community. You do not need external police force. You don't need military force externally for a local community to become and, and maintain an orderly conduct, right? Same basic thing. And if you're trying to project a certain image to the world outside, so you need to have published standards for governance. You need mm -hmm. to follow those standards for governance. You need to pursue independent audits of that governance protocols if they embedded in code they need to be uh auditable same is true for if you're writing software and that has to do with how you conduct business that software has to be independently audited and indeed confirmed to be uh, that good and one of the more common ways to do that is to open source the software hey look this is what we have take a look if you find any vulnerabilities improve etc etc uh and uh, make it truly a community effort and that sounds wonderful to me but how how do you feel that, i mean is how do you feel the blockchain and cryptocurrency community is doing in that regard do they have the standards in place do they have the organization the standards organization organizations that are they building those organizations to to design standards or do they have open source um you know standards that they're they're building um or is there still a lot of work to do in that regard? My my perception is that yes, yes, and yes. There are, the communities are all technologies, and many of them are open source. There are vibrant communities that strive to do good, and they resist any attempts to uh, 
go for somebody to come in and and, and tweak the rules to to make it uh, unfair and then we have independently of that there are standards since we talk standards there are standards organizations one of them is you know there is a cryptocurrency security uh standard organization that has uh, been active in the space which also provides you know better pr best practice guidance on securing uh crypto and blockchain technologies and it also provides some training so. excellent okay uh the last two things that I wanted to touch on, um, one of them was artificial intelligence, and I think you've covered that already, and I appreciate that. The other one was quantum computing. So anybody that is even peripherally aware of what quant quantum computer, the, the, the potential behind uh, quantum computing and, and how that relates to uh, cryptography could have some concerns. So I'd be really interested in getting your uh, perception of what how those two are going to play together. Thank you. First of all, this is a fascinating question. It's a developing technology, and there are several aspects of that. There is a strategic aspect to that. So uh, um, the exact level of advancement in this area is somewhat difficult to judge because certain countries that lead in the space may have reasons to fully not disclose where they are. Actually, uh, the National Academy of Sciences has two amazing papers on the subject. One is 2019 paper, which just talks about the general effects of quantum computing on uh, cryptography and current state of cryptography. And that's where you will find that um, public key infrastructure, certain elements of that are potentially, potentially vulnerable to um, quantum computing advancements and the more recent paper which was published in 2022 is a great paper where they talk about literally all the scenarios possible scenarios of what's going to happen and the advancements in quantum computing continue in terms of strategic political intelligence advancements and those scenarios i can't recommend highly enough to read those documents they are written by the best scientists we have in this country, and it's a great read. In terms of technological advancement, National Institute of Standards, NIST, has been uh, leading an effort since December 2016 to advance and introduce, first of all, to select and then introduce and standardize on the cryptographic, new cryptographic algorithms that are uh, resistant to quantum computing. And so there are several algorithms that have been selected. In fact, uh, currently, if you're interested, NIST has, and if you, you can look it up, NIST uh, post-quantum computing um, uh, initiative, and there you will see that right now there are several uh, papers on the public review for comments. Um, so feel free to jump in and take a look. Awesome. Thank you. And we'll... Uh... We'll do our best to track down those papers and put links in the show notes so that our audience can go right there and check those out and be easy for them to access those. So we appreciate that. So we're about out of time. Um, I did want to leave with kind of a an open-ended, you know, what what else does our audience need to know about, um, you know, the threats faced by blockchain and cryptocurrency um, 
and or about SBOX? What what else does our audience need to know? Well, I'll I'll answer in in reverse. Well, threats to any technology are uh, less; they are more than zero. But blockchain is incredibly well positioned to, and it's still. I believe the future of financial services. So we are currently going on the, through waves of uh, uh, transformation, but I think these are good things. And ultimately, as our regulatory climate, that regu- regulatory environment becomes uh, more mature in this space, I think we will come back to the idea that this is the future. This is how financial services, this is how the transactions in of value exchanges will be done. And I am delighted to say that SFOX has withered through all these storms and we have been uh, proud to conduct business because and we are one of the organizations that I believe are basing our business on very pragmatic risk management practices and which allows us to operate in this space regardless and enjoy a rapidly growing customer base even in the times of certain uh you know less than certain regulatory climate and these transformations in the blockchain space excellent well thank you dr zook i really appreciate your time today this has been it's a fascinating topic uh i wish we had more time to talk about it uh, but we appreciate you giving us some time and i uh, would like to thank our listeners for being with us today as well and please remember to like and subscribe if you find this podcast interesting and join us next time for another episode of the brilliance security magazine podcast